The Money Show. Small business. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Accelerator is standing by. This small business feature brought to you by Old Mutual. Visit oldmutual.co.za. Old Mutual. Do great things every day. Uh, Pablo Fatidis, you you love to have long conversations with uh, interesting people and people who are building great businesses. And one of the things you're coming up against is this really interesting idea that people are trying to grow their businesses, but without the right team, without the right people around you, it really is hard to grow, isn't it? You know, it completely stalls everything. You know, this particular business, Bruce, this, this fellow has been in his business for 28 years. He's very well established. He's an engineer. Uh, he makes incredible fabrics for the automotive industry, for the aeronautical industry, uh, for the yachting industry. He employs 127 people as a manufacturer. And it's all done here in South Africa. But the thing is, you know, he's been growing at about 11% per annum. And I, I said, well, why? Why 11%? What's magical about that number? And he says, that's what's so frustrating. Every time I put my foot on the accelerator, I've taken one step forward and two steps back. Just chaos emerges and it's really hard to, it's very hard to hold everything together. Um, and, and uh, you know, the, the conversation progresses and I said, well, what do you think the problem is? And of course, as an engineer who's got a beautifully laid out factory with <laughs> a very good production process in place, where you can see the thing you're making, you can see its progress. And when you can see something, it's far easier to delegate it because you can point to it. Two sets of eyes are now looking at it. You can change its shape from this shape to that shape as you progress it through the production line. Everyone can see it. It's easy to delegate and easier to learn. I said, so where is the problem? And he says, you know, it's in all the commercial systems. Because how do you see marketing? How do you see sales? How do you see operations? How do you see administration? It's there that everything was stumbling. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, I think that's the problem of every business with every startup. Certainly, you've got the, the person with the technical competence or the person with the great idea, and they know exactly what they want to do. And that is make that thing and make it better than anybody else. And then get that thing to market in the best way that they possibly can, as quickly as they possibly can, at the best possible profit margin they can. But that takes all of the other bits and pieces that are invisible to most people working in any company all of the work that goes on in the background, the huge number of hours that people put into ensuring that everybody knows what it is that they should be buying, that it gets to where it needs to get to, that once it is where it is, that it's properly accounted for in and out the factory, and that the money comes in, that the money is accounted for, and once that happens, that it's properly declared and VAT is paid. I mean, just the tedious, I mean, sorry, the important stuff in the back office. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the non-fun stuff. It's the, fun, the stuff that the founder didn't sign up for. No, not at all. But you know what? We got we got on top of this very quickly because as an engineer who's really good at assembly lines, production lines, after a brief discussion, I said to him, well, look, how's it different in a commercial system? If you think about what a commercial system is, so what are the commercial elements of the business? It's going to be marketing and sales and operations and administration and managing people and managing money. All of them interplay with each other. They all link together, no differently to the way your production process runs. As you move from one stage to the next stage to the next stage, 
you're changing the shape and the value of the product you make that you then sell and export. As you move from one commercial system to the next, to the next, it's no different to running a 400 meter sprint with four 100 meter baton carriers. The first individual starts, that's marketing. The next individual is sales. You've got to pass the baton beautifully and smoothly to not inter interrupt it. The third is then operations. And then finally you have administration. And we started to map out this process as an engineer would really enjoy where we could see how the experience of the clients that he was serving would deepen, improve and manifest for them as we move through this production line of a commercial system. And then the rubber hit the road because then he turned around and he said, I have been trying to get this right. So I said to him, well, what's in interfered with it? He says, people, it's people who don't allow the systems to run the way they ought to run. How do you get this issue of delegation right? Because without it, Bruce, whether it be him or anyone else, a business will only run to a certain level, it will hit a ceiling. And if you don't get that piece right, typically in well-established businesses, they run flat for a long, long time. Whilst they can make you money, it really is a business that's unlikely to eventually be sold. We need to get that issue resolved. Please help me on how to do delegation, because particularly when you've been doing stuff for yourself, by yourself, independently, because kind of it's the easiest way to keep track of things. You don't have to have meetings. You don't have to um, worry about other people's state of mind, their health, their paying them. Um, you do it yourself and you end up you know, burning the midnight oil. You're doing 16 to 18 hour days, ensuring that you're up to speed with everything. But eventually you can't do that anymore. You need other people to come in. And often the person who is now having to do the delegation is the problem rather than the people they're hiring to do the work, because they're not, you know, as far as I can tell, most people aren't mind readers. The delegator needs to be the person in control, in charge, and need to know what they're doing and outsource it to those they ask to do it for it to be effective. Completely. You, you know, in, in anything you do, the more you do it, the more, let's call it, intuitive it becomes, the more instinctual it becomes. And I turned around and said to him, let's run a small exercise. And it was a fascinating exercise. And I would encourage every business owner to run this exercise. So firstly, when you have a business, Bruce, there is no resting time. Yeah, okay, sure, you know, over the weekend or on a holiday, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking about your business. So he on average says he sleeps about eight hours a night. So he has a good solid sleep. He's awake for 16 hours. We ran some calculations over 28 years. He has been thinking about his business more or less for 160,000 hours. What happens with all that thought is eventually you move into deep, deep areas of complexity until they start becoming simple. And this phrase was coined by Leonardo da Vinci. He said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So now you have that in your mind and you're going to go and delegate some tasks to a manager in your business. His managers, he's got five of them, well-established. They've been there on average across each of them for 11 years. So we ran a similar calculation. We said 11 years times about 250 odd working days in the year times eight hours. They are managers and respectfully, they're not thinking about the business mostly once they go home or over the weekends. 
they've been thinking on average for about 20,000 hours. So you have 160,000 hours in the head of the business owner. You have 20,000 hours with your managers. And immediately, defining delegation becomes an enormous task because you're already thinking and seeing things so fundamentally differently to the way your team is seeing and thinking things. It's be it begins over there and only just becomes trouble after that. If the context isn't set right and the, the, there's no alignment in understanding, well, how can you delegate? Yeah. And again, I suppose one of the biggest mistakes that founders, owners, bosses make is the assumption that those to whom they delegate know what they're doing, care as much as they do. They assume that everybody is in this together. And for many people, it's just a job. Yeah, it is pretty much that. You know, also, what are you delegating? So, I'll, you know, recently we had some changes in our team. And we had a couple of, well, one individual who specifically um, uh, moved on in their career. They went to a different place in the space. And it was interesting, Bruce, because, you know, what I had handed over as a system of activities that I had delegated, I'd left in the hands of this individual. And this individual had performed them seemingly quite efficiently and quite effectively. The outputs were being produced. The results were being produced. However, post-departure of this individual, I went back into that room, and what I found was an absolute mess. The bed was unmade, the kitchen was dirty, the dishes hadn't been cleaned, and in effect, the domain that this individual was, was responsible for, with all these beautifully built systems, had crumbled and broken and were fragmented with odd little Excel spreadsheets here and other little notes over there, it was an absolute disaster. It was a real, real lesson. When you delegate, you need to delegate a system. When you delegate a system, you need to know what you're measuring. When you're measuring, you need to ensure that outside of the performance of that system, every six months, walk into the room, visit it, make sure it's tidied up. Delegation doesn't begin and end with an instruction. It's an ongoing relationship with your team. Critical. Thank you, Pablo Fatidis, founder at Auric Business Accelerator.